Well, today is our twice-a-year discussion of tithing. It happens once in November for the parish and once in April for the archdiocese. And my message is still the same. Tithing is necessary because tithing is good for us. In the Gospel today, Jesus talks about the two greatest commandments. The first is to love God above all other things, and the second is to love our neighbors as ourselves. To put this in more modern language, Jesus is telling us to keep our priorities straight. Priority number one is always God. Nothing can compare with God. Nothing can compete with God. So nothing should be above God. And the second priority is other people. If we value our things or our status above people, then we do not understand how truly valuable people really are. Even within that commandment, it's true we may need to give more attention to our family or our immediate communities, and that's fine. But the priorities are the same. Always God first, people second, everything else third. And this is why tithing is a good and necessary spiritual practice, because it forces us to prove that we have arranged our priorities properly. It's easy to say that we love God with our whole heart, soul, mind, and strength. That only costs us words. But if we give God no time and no money, do those words really have any meaning? If we give our neighbors no time and no money, can we really say that we love them as we love ourselves? It's obvious why time and money are so important to people, because they both directly represent life. Without money, we cannot feed ourselves, clothe ourselves, or shelter ourselves. And we mark the length of our life with time. The hours that we spend are literally parts of our life that we use up or give away. So the reason we always emphasize time and money when we talk about tithing is because it's through these things that we can actually give away something as deeply valuable as life. Tithing is a necessary spiritual practice because we are easily tempted to value our money or our time, which is to say to value our selfish interests, more than we value God and neighbor. So the practice of giving time and money away keeps them from becoming idols and keeps our priorities straight. On a very practical note about this, it's helpful to make deliberate decisions about giving away our time and our money. So to that end, the parish has provided tithing worksheets in the main entrance, these two tables on either side of the door. It's a pretty simple worksheet, but I find it very helpful. You plug in your annual income. For most of us, that'll come from a tax return. You plug in a percentage of your money that you want to give away. If you don't have a percentage, I would say plug in 5%, see what that feels like. It's a good starting point for sure. 
So you take your annual income, you put the percentage, you multiply them together, remembering that you have to divide the percentage by 100, so there's a decimal point, gives you a number. That's the amount of money that you want to give away this year. And then the worksheet just helps you make deliberate decisions about that. It has a line for the parish, it has a line for the school, it has a line for Hope House, it has a line for all of the second collections that we see throughout the year, it has a line for the archdiocese. Just take your number, divide it amongst the different causes, then you don't have to think about tithing for the rest of the year. Your decisions are already made, and when these causes come out, you can just look at the worksheet and say, oh yeah, that's how much I'm giving to that. Write the check, call it good. As a final step, it's helpful for the parish to know how much you are planning to give to us in the coming year so that we can plan. So there's also a pledge card there. If you finish your worksheet at home and then could fill out the pledge card and return it either to the office or in the collection plate, we would certainly be grateful. Now, because tithing is a spiritual practice, my belief is that the most important thing is simply that we give our time and money away, not necessarily where we give it. That's less important. However, this year I would like to talk more directly about parish finances and to connect those to another spiritual reality. And I want to preface these comments by saying that I have every indication that our parishioners are incredibly generous to the parish and continue to be. When COVID hit, we definitely took a drop in our finances. Blessedly, that drop was balanced by a decrease in expenses and the government loans. But analyzing that drop was really interesting because it seems that all of the drop came from loose cash in the collection plate. Our parishioners who gave online or through their envelopes really didn't decrease their giving, and some of them even increased their giving during the pandemic. Even as the world was falling apart, our people made sure the parish was taken care of. And that was a beautiful sign of the dedication of our community. However, independent of COVID, over the last 15 years, our parish budget has stagnated, keeping up with inflation almost exactly. And theoretically, that should be fine. If we can keep up with inflation, we should be able to offer the same services, a stable status quo, from the services we offered in 2006. Unfortunately, during that same 15-year period, two sectors of the economy have far outperformed inflation, and those are insurance and medical benefits. And so even though our parish budget has kept up with inflation, it's been squeezed tighter and tighter and tighter. Because insurance and medical benefits take up more and more of our parish budget, just keeping up with inflation means that we actually have less money to put toward salaries and programs and maintenance and everything else that are in our parish budget. We're still trying to offer the same level of service we did in 2006, but with far less budget flexibility. In the last two years, I've cut staff hours, and we sold much of our property on Ellis Street and paid off our debt. Both of these are excellent things, 
but they only allowed us to deal with the squeeze. They didn't actually give us more budget flexibility. They were just a necessary correction after 15 years of increasing costs. Excluding one-time windfalls like selling our property or one-time expenses like fixing our heating system, our week-to-week income just doesn't cover our week-to-week expenses. We're keeping it real close, but the trajectory is that we're falling behind more and more each year. All of this said, as seriously as I take my responsibility to our staff, our buildings, and our budget, the only thing that I truly, deeply, and authentically care about is the salvation of souls. I don't want us to fall into the trap of believing that money defines our parish and that everything is fine if we can just pay our bills. I've seen too many parishes in this diocese think that way and even some archdiocesan officials. Just because we're financially solvent doesn't necessarily mean that we're healthy. And on that note, even though money is not the most important thing and not the way we define our parish, I find that money can be, in our parish and many others, a reflection or a symptom of our spiritual health. Because remember, tithing is a spiritual practice before it is a practical necessity. The more people love God, the more they are willing to give their lives to God, the more they are willing then to give their time and their money to God. A lack of money in a parish can often point to a spiritual ailment. So here's my hot take, my working hypothesis for what's going on in our parish. As best as I can tell, the people who are here, in our pews, week after week, are spiritually healthy. Again, we were not abandoned during COVID. They are, on the whole, dedicated to the Lord, to the Church, and to some level of personal holiness. Our people are dedicated spiritually and materially. However, the fact that our budget has stagnated and is now shrinking is a reflection of the fact that our congregation has stagnated and is now shrinking, in numbers and in fervor. We may individually be spiritually healthy. We may have a good set of spiritual practices, including tithing, that has kept the parish going along at a steady clip for a while. But something about our parish as a whole isn't working. There's some spiritual ailment we have to address. My take is that what's happened is that particularly since the beginning of the sex abuse crisis in 2002, we have lost a lot of our missionary zeal. In order for a budget to grow as people die or move away, our congregation has to grow. But that's not been happening. And I think it's because, not just in this parish, but everywhere, we have lost our zeal and desire to tell people about the Catholic faith. We've lost our zeal and desire to bring people into the Catholic faith. I worry that we may be happy with our private faith lives, but we're also happy to keep those faith lives private. I worry that we are content and comfortable with our status quo, but that we have lost sight of the need to go out into the world and save souls through the salvific message of Jesus Christ. 
To put this another way, the solution to our troubling financial trajectory is not to convince everyone here today to give us more money. That's not what I'm trying to do. Yes, each of us does need to be tithing. And yes, we should always increase a little bit each year just to stay up with inflation. But if you are already giving at a level that makes sense for your family, it seems unreasonable for me to ask more than that. Instead, we will fix our finances not by focusing on the material, but by focusing on the spiritual. Our finances will take care of themselves if we take seriously the mission of the church to preach the gospel to all nations. This is what Jesus asked us to do. And I don't want you to go out and preach the gospel to all nations so that we have money. I want you to do it because it's our mission. It's what we're here for. We have to care about the salvation of the people of Bellingham. We have to believe that what we have here in the Catholic faith, in the sacraments and in the teachings, are salvific. That bringing people to these things is for their good. That having a relationship with Jesus is important for people. That it's the greatest gift we can ever give them. I don't need you to give us more money next year, though I certainly won't turn it down. Instead, practically and concretely, what I need is for each of you to bring a fallen-away Catholic or a non-Catholic friend into this church next year. Seriously, that's all we need. If each and every one of us were to do that, if we were to bring a fallen-away Catholic or a non-Catholic into a faith experience, our finances would take care of themselves. Again, money is often a symptom of spiritual health. It regularly reflects our spiritual practices. If we hide our faith or keep it to ourselves, our parish will wither and die spiritually and monetarily. But if we save souls, if we spread the gospel, if we live out the mission of the church and increase faith in Jesus Christ, then our parish will be dynamic in both faith and finances. It is, of course, my hope that you will all commit to an annual financial pledge for the health of your souls and the proper ordering of your priorities. Tithing is a spiritual practice. But I also hope that you will each commit to talking to a new person about Jesus this year and inviting a friend to the parish or to a prayer group. If we do not bring more people to Jesus each year, if we do not take seriously our responsibility to evangelize, then a balanced budget doesn't really matter, does it? 